Hi, Wanderlusters, and welcome to the Wanderlust podcast. So this is the first episode, and we're going to start with things to consider when you're planning your wine holiday. Welcome to the Wanderlust podcast. My name's Janine, and I run a wine events business in Canberra. But my real passion is travel and my bucket list is to travel to every wine region in the world. In this series, I'll be exploring some regional Aussie wine destinations. I'll give you some tips whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girls weekend, or you're dragging the kids along. So pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. This is my very first episode, so thanks for joining me. So a little bit about myself. I started Wine de Lust in 2019 because I wanted to show off wines from different regions and different varietals. As with most of us, I've had a history in hospitality industry when I was younger, and I was also a travel consultant for 10 years. And I spent a lot of time backpacking around the place in my youth as well. But I really fell in love with wine through wine travel on a trip I did several years ago with a girlfriend from Melbourne to Adelaide. That trip was the first time that we'd purposefully stopped and stayed in little wine districts on the way. I also picked up this little wine book that had all the regions in Australia and it talked about the flagship wines in each region. It really opened my eyes that all these grapes grew all over the country but tasted so different in each place. And I just think that's so fascinating. So I started my quest to visit every wine region in the world. <laughs> and I um, haven't done too badly on it, actually. So now I try and put that wine element into all of my holidays. With my events, I love showing off small batch wineries, family-run wineries and interesting varietals to my guests. And in this podcast, I want to take you around and visit some of those places in all the regions that we're visiting. I want to make your travel planning easier and give you some suggestions on cellar doors to visit and other activities you can do there as well. We'll also be talking to some of the winemakers so you can get a real insight into what the wines in that area are like. I've also developed a little wine holiday helper, so you can go to my website and I'll send that out to you. And it gives you the five tips that we're going to run through today. So number one, who are you going with? So this is an important one for obvious reasons. If you want to get away with a partner or your girlfriends, you'll be looking for places completely different to when you've got kids and other family members with you. And if you've got a kid, it will depend on their age to what they're interested in, and that might affect where you're staying as well. So if you're going with a partner, I would say stay at a vineyard if you can. There's a lot of wine areas around the country that have accommodation on site and they're often far more romantic. You might get a bottle of wine and some food included and it's a really special thing to do. I think the great thing to do with when you're traveling with girlfriends is if you have a house or an apartment, then you've got a communal living area, but then you've got separate bedrooms that you can retreat to, multiple bathrooms, but you've also got a kitchen so you can have breakfast and dinner together. And depending which region you go to, you might want to stay somewhere in a town so you can pop out to restaurants and wine bars. Alternatively, you might do the wine touring in the day, bring back some wine at night and hang out together and enjoy the wine together. If you're going with a family, the wine element of the trip might not be the main element of the trip. So you might do some kids attractions in the morning and then hit the wineries in the afternoon. Um, or you might only just do one day of it. You might get a babysitter for the afternoon so mum and dad can go out. In a lot of regional areas, check out for things like farm stays. Also check out holiday parks. They've got lots of on-site facilities such as pools and little cars and bike tracks and usually a bar for mum and dad too. 
With a family, I'm a big believer in apartments because then you can often put the little ones to bed and then mum and dad can sit up and watch some TV or just have that extra space so that you're not trying to watch your iPad under the covers (laughs) with your headphones on, which has happened in, in the past for us. Number two, what other activities are you interested in? Does your family members or your friends enjoy any sports or fishing, playing golf? Lots of these activities are available at wine destinations. So if you and your friends and family like cycling, so many wine regions have such great bike paths now. So this is a really great way to get around, immerse yourself in the countryside and the bush that we have here. Also, you can add the wine holiday into a family holiday. So after a beach holiday, there's wineries in the south coast of New South Wales, around Port Macquarie. If you're in Victoria, there's some around Geelong and even Warrnambool, I found. Um, McLaren Vale's excellent because it's only 10 kilometres from the beach. And of course, WA, the Margaret River, has a stunning beach nearby. Each wine region has its own festival each year. Going when there's a big festival on is so much fun. The downside of that is that it's obviously busier and limited accommodation and it can be more expensive. So I guess there's pros and cons to both. So keep that in mind when you're looking at when to go. So number three. How far are you willing to travel? If you're like me and you've got a kid to drag around with you, it might not be hours and hours in the car. There's only so much screen time on an iPad that you really want your kid watching. I don't think people realise how many wine districts there are around the place. We know of the big names, the Hunter Valley and the Yarra Valley, but there are wine districts spotted all over this fabulous country of ours. I live in Canberra. And within four hours, I can be in about 10 different wine destinations. I've got all around Canberra, the Murrumbateman, the Yass Valley side, and also the Eastern District with Lake George and Bungendore. But I can go up to the Southern Highlands, the South Coast has some, up to the Hunter Valley. I can go to Orange, Cowra, Mudgee's about five hours. In Victoria, I can hit Beechworth and Rutherglen and the Kings Valley. And that's just where I'm located. So if you're located in other parts, in particularly in the southeast part of Australia, um, there's lots of wine districts on your doorstep. Did you know that in 2020, they're the smallest national vintage that Australia has produced in about 13 years? And that means that there's the smallest amount of grapes that were available to produce wine. And this is mainly from the bushfires and the drought. And then this year where cellar doors had to close down for a period of time and also now restrict numbers on visitors, tourism's been hit really hard. It's a perfect time to get out and travel around and uh, support the great wine destinations in our country. So number four, what type of wine do you like? And is this really important? So in Europe, you notice this a lot more that particular regions only grow particular grape varietals. I've been to Rioja in Spain and they have Tempranillo everywhere. Uh, Around Burgundy, it's uh, Chardonnay country. So it's very hilarious hearing other tourists say they're an ABC, anything but Chardonnay drinker when they're in Burgundy. But in Australia, it's a little bit easier. A lot of our regions grow a huge variety of grapes. So while there is flagships in each region, that is the grape that grows the best and that the most famous for, um, you will find lots of other things. So listening to this podcast, you will hear the flagship grapes are for each region. And the big boring one, what's your budget? I know in some of the places I've visited abroad, like Sonoma and Napa in the States, was very expensive, especially with the currency conversions. But then in the countryside in Spain and France, it was surprisingly reasonable. So in Australia, there's some regions that have that more established name and they are a bit dearer. 
if you're like me at the moment and have a young child, then you're probably not eating out in the fancy restaurants. But if you do want to do that, well, then just factor it in. You might stay somewhere a little bit cheaper so that you can have that exciting dining experience. I know that that used to be what I would do for sure. But now I spend a bit more on accommodation because I want the comfortable, usually a separate bedroom apartment accommodation because we're eating in at night and spending a bit more time there. And of course, wherever you go, there's going to be the exclusive and expensive accommodation and then the cheaper ones. And of course, the time of year you go. If you're going in school holidays, that can sometimes bump up the price, but then sometimes it might not. For example, in the Canberra wine region, Christmas time, it's deserted over the summer holidays, so it's a perfect time to come and visit. And the number six. So hopefully this is only a temporary number six, but I'm recording this at the end of 2020. And this year has been a bit rubbish, we'll all agree. The biggest thing to take away is spontaneity is pretty much dead now. You pretty much have to plan. You can't just rock up at a lot of places because there's often restrictions on how many people can be in cellar doors. If you book in advance, then you can um, do everything that you want to. It just means a little bit more research in advance. So hopefully some of the things that you'll pick up on this podcast will be helpful for you. I hope this gives you a couple of tips to think about when you're planning your wine holiday getaway. And I hope it also whets your appetite to listen to more episodes where we delve into visiting different regions, speaking to some of the locals there about the flagship wines and hearing what else you can do. If you'd like to get your wine holiday helper, you can subscribe at my website, www.winedelust. That's W-I-N-E for wine, D-E-R-L-U-S-T dot com dot A-U. Happy traveling. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe now to get the next series and any bonus episodes as they drop. Go to winedelust.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also access wine selectors for more travel information and wine deals and Booktopia, where I get all my travel and wine books from. Till next time, happy wine travels.